This week on Current Geek Chronicles, Scott and Tom hit the boiling point. Scott, we need to be able to explain reality shows to people. We've got to get the episode out this week. Tom, I'm trying. Okay, how about this? Reality shows are like... Let me guess, Scott. He-Man or Mad Max or the Muppets? I was actually going to say a version of the Observer's Paradox writ large across popular culture, but sure. I guess some reality TV is like Lord Humongous. All right, Tom. Why am I crammed into a closet with a video crew watching someone looking for ghosts? It's 3 a.m. I just kind of want to go home. Shh, Scott, don't you know? To talk about reality TV, we have to become reality TV. Tom, have you ever picked seven strangers to live in a loft, tape their interactions, then subsequently discovered what happened when people stopped being polite and started being real? Not that I can recall. Uh, me neither. Someday, though. Someday. Well, maybe we can get you a little closer to your dream if we look at how something like that gets made. Let me just clear this up. You're talking about a reality show, right? Yeah, of course. What else would I be talking about? Well, you're in luck, because today we're talking about script writing for reality TV. Now. On the face of it, that may sound like an oxymoron. Oh, like a sugar-free pixie stick. Or a fat-free pork rind. Or a really brave chicken. You know, it shouldn't have, but that just made me hungry. (laughs) But as counterintuitive as the concept might sound, there is a lot of production that goes into creating the stories around reality TV. Now, don't get us wrong. We're not saying that these shows have everything written down on paper and that every line you hear is a carefully performed work of experience method acting. Yeah, what makes reality shows compelling is that you're still watching someone's genuine reaction in a given moment. It's just that getting to that moment and the story leading up to it may have been composed in a way to make the audience invested in it, or at least understand it. It's a really fascinating process. We wanted to talk to some people that are in the industry to understand these ins and outs and give you a peek behind the curtain. And the first part of this that sets the table for everything else on the show comes before any of the cameras are on, before the hair gets pulled or the torches get extinguished. It's actually casting these shows. Now, obviously, every show is looking for something a little different when they go out about casting. But in general, it needs to strike a balance. Ultimately, whether it's something for one-off type shows like House Hunters or a regular series like Ice Road Truckers, The show needs to cast someone that's relatable so you can connect with their story. And they also need to be entertaining to watch. It might seem obvious, but the first part of writing a reality show is making sure there's something unique for the audience to watch and also something they can hold on to once you have their attention. We spoke with Katie Dirks about this. You might remember her from our Outsider's Guide to Wrestling. She's not only a wrestling fan, she's also been producing reality TV for years, working on shows like Ice Road Truckers, mentioned them before, and Bar Rescue. She summarized the importance of casting and how it can get people hooked. I think what makes good reality television is, it's this is kind of a basic answer, but extraordinary people doing ordinary things or ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And that's kind of, to me, where the where you get your hook like this the kardashians going to the grocery store is interesting to some people or lisa kelly driving a giant 18 wheeler uh you know on these on the on the ice roads of alaska or northern canada um those are all those are two prime examples to me of things that i just kind of if it makes you go wait what then you're in 
So once you have that conceit and the casting to go with it, there's a whole hierarchy of production that comes into play to shape what the audience ends up seeing. On the ground, while an episode is getting shot, you have the producers. These are the people that interact with the cast, keep the production schedule going, make sure any scheduled events happen, stuff like that. And if you think being a producer sounds like a glamorous title, for TV, especially reality TV, it can actually be pretty grueling work. Scott, what would you say would be the easiest reality show to be a producer on? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Well, Love is Blind probably smells gross from being in those (laughs) pods. Tommy Lee goes to college isn't, that's not really on the air anymore. Antiques Roadshow, all that dust would upset my allergies. That's actually very true. Uh, Oh, I know. There used to be an HGTV show called Sleep On It. A bunch of people looking at houses and spending the night in one. How hard could that thing be? Sure, Scott. Deciding if a mid-century ranch is better than a craftsman fixer-upper might not sound too hard. But don't forget, you got family spending the night. So it's not just shooting at a couple gawking at a house. You're spending 24 hours with them in a lot of cases. These kinds of shows rely on a stay-and-spray approach. So a producer is hunkered down in a closet overnight, waiting to make sure they get everything that's going on in the house. Ugh, stay and spray. Gross. Tom, how could you possibly know that? Well, it just so happens that one of the producers from that show, Eileen Rivera, is my wife. And she talked to us about what it's like to be embedded in that kind of situation. Reality TV and just sort of like, it's almost like, the, you know, the producers, you're just stalking them. You're trying to get them to do interesting things. You're hoping for something interesting to happen. But you also have to just let things play out. And whenever you produce anything for TV, you, you hope that something goes wrong, right? So yeah. you could have something to show or, or something amazing happens, you know, whether it be heartwarming or 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 funny or, or whatever. But that was always, you know, it's always the challenge to try and figure out like, okay, will this couple run into something? Do we need do we need to prod them to check certain things out? You know, are they going to have an argument? That is always going to be interesting. And then you probably have to engage with people spending the night, get them to check out the house, poke around the attic and get them not just doing boring everyday stuff. So after a shoot, you have all this footage, lots of raw material, but there might not be a clear story or a narrative yet. And that's where the editor steps in and really begins to shape and write the narrative for their given episode. While everybody wants to get to the drama in reality TV, whether it's a couple disagreeing about pocket doors on House Hunters or getting into an F-bomb laden fight on Real Housewives, it's the editor's job to build up to that moment for some shows. You have to do this every episode with new people. On others, it's a season-long endeavor. That requires a lot of planning. Now, a big part of this is taking all that stay-and-spray footage, finding the gems, and then linking them together in a way that tells a narrative. And another really important aspect to the editing is the sound design of a show, which can really move the audience's expectations and build up emotions about what's going to happen. So let's give an example. Hey, Tom, Ham and Rich and I need to talk to you after the show. Oh, okay. No problem. Can't wait to talk. I feel completely fine about this. Okay, how about this one? Hey, Tom, Ham and Rich and I need to talk to you after the show. Oh, wow. That is effective. What was really interesting in talking to people for this episode was the different perspective between producers and editors. Because from a producer standpoint, it's about getting all the coverage you need making sure you're in the right place and engaging with the people on the show to make sure you're getting them to react. From the editor's perspective, they're always playing against the clock. We talked to Eric Dow, 
who's been an editor on Pawn Stars and American Restoration, and he broke it down like this. We have our shows are 22 minutes and 30 seconds, and that's including three 20 second act breaks. So that's a minute 40. No, I'm sorry. That's that's a minute. So really, our shows are 21, 32, 21 minutes and 32 seconds. And we have to tell our story in that time frame. And we have to have, you know, the act act one has to be the longest act and no other act can be longer than that. And we've got to fit all of the elements of the, the show into uh, that timeline. And so, so many, so many really good little nuggets or funny moments or, you know, anecdotal things have to get cut because we don't have enough time. So time is always, you know, uh, one of the hardest things to d- contend with. You, you only have so much time for these shows. And in this whole chain, the editor is not operating in a vacuum. Edits have to go through a few rounds of notes, most of which ultimately go through the showrunner. How involved a showrunner gets varies from show to show. But from the folks we talk to, this seems to be less about changing specific edits and more about trying to use music and other cues to hit a specific vision they have for the show. The longer a show's been around, generally the easier it is to understand the showrunner's vision. Each show is done by a production company, which has sold the show to a specific network. So after all the notes through the production company are done, it gets sent up the flagpole to the network, which is usually the final approval that it needs to get on the air. All right. Let's think about how far back reality TV goes as a genre. There's no doubt that reality kind of hit its stride in the early 90s, then went into overdrive in the early 2000s, becoming a staple genre across broadcast TV, cable, and now streaming. It was a dark time. But depending on how you want to count what is reality TV, you could say it all goes back to 1948 with Candid Camera. Candid Camera was kind of a prank show recording unsuspecting people in weird situations or finding trick props. Yeah, it was the spinoff of the radio classic Candid Microphone. (laughs) Nice one, Tom. Uh, Totally serious. Came out in 1947. But you can see why adding video makes it a much more interesting concept. And it actually fits Katie's definition of what makes good reality TV, putting ordinary people in extraordinary situations. Through the 60s and 70s, you get what could be called documentary series. The one that often gets credited with being the first reality show where the show follows a single subject over the course of the season, is An American Family in 1973. This followed a California family over the course of 12 episodes and started the controversial nature of reality TV. The family goes through a divorce. The dad is asked to leave the house. One of the sons comes out of the closet. Not something you saw on TV a lot in the early 70s, especially on PBS. And for the history of reality TV, it also served as the direct inspiration for MTV's real world in the early 90s, which really pioneered our modern conception of reality TV. It married the more documentary approach of an American family, but added in the confessional element, which has been used by almost every other reality show from Survivor onward, and is a great way to build characters in a story while interspliced with B-roll that otherwise might not be useful for storytelling. That first season was my jam. So real world definitely defines what could be called documentary style of reality. But there's a ton of variety within reality TV. In the 2000s, you see an explosion of different takes. From the celebrity-driven shows like The Osbournes, I watched a lot of that, and Keeping Up with the Kardashians, of which I've watched none, to shows with a more set structure like The Bachelor or Shark Tank. 
While there are still plenty of examples of the train wreck kind of shows that court drama amongst a cast of unique characters, the latest trend in reality are shows that give you a slice of life into a different subculture. This kind of gets back to Katie's description of good reality TV. Used to be that just filming ordinary people was in and of itself extraordinary. But as that became more commonplace, shows now more often focus on people doing things most people will never experience, like like logging, crab fishing, or rescuing bars. I might rescue a bar someday. But yeah, this came up a lot when talking to folks. Audiences have now seen reality TV for a few decades. They're smartening up to a lot of the tropes and conventions used in making it. But there are still some familiar editing and production devices in play. Yeah, reality TV has a few classic tricks it can use to create narratives in the edit room. The most prominent is the classic Frankenbite. Eric, the editor we heard from before, sums up the technique here. If you watch any, uh, and, I mean, and I mean this, any documentary or reality show where there's interview bites, you can hear it in, in the show where someone will be talking and then, then their inflection will jump up and down or it kind of seems like this for a few words. That's a Frankenbite. That's, those are words taken from other sentences throughout the course of the interview to, to make them say something that you're trying to get across that they didn't really say like I'm talking to you right now. Usually the Frankenbite is used to make what someone is saying more concise, understandable, or fit in better to the overall narrative of a show. But not all shows are quite as judicious with that application. Yeah, I mean, use a narrator voice, throw in a couple of wide shots where you can't see people's mouths moving. And some shows really go to town. Let's give them an example. Say, Tom. Who is the current FCC chairman, and what do you think of the Chicago Cubs? <laughs> All right, I don't see what you could do with this, but Ajit Pai currently serves as chairman, and while the old I-55 rivalry means my St. Louis Cardinals have a healthy rivalry with the Cubs, it is a gross mischaracterization to say I hate them or anything like that. Okay, let me just throw this into the old disingenuous Frankenbite generator and... This week on Current Geek Chronicles... I hate Pai. It is gross... No, Scott, what did you do? I love pie. Luckily, most shows aren't quite so crass about deploying a Frankenbite. That's because not only are audiences getting smarter about how they consume reality TV, you're also now getting cast members who have been watching it their whole lives. Sure, if you leave a camera on someone long enough, you'll get enough footage to Frankenbite together some drama. But when it comes to creating reality TV, that seems like it's becoming less common. Yeah, I wanted to close out our episode with another clip from Katie. She does a great job putting into perspective how she approaches creating moments in reality TV and how ultimately it's still about trying to capture what drew people to reality TV in the first place, seeing people's authentic reactions. Nowadays, when you're shooting reality television, everyone knows it's reality television. Everyone's on board. I'm not faking anything to say like, hey, I need you to go over there and yell at that person. Like, if it's a real conflict, okay, cool. I will tell them, hey, if this is a real thing that's happening between you two and it happens on Tuesday and you want to confront them on Tuesday between the hours of 12 and 6, let me know and I'll make sure we have people there. That's been the evolution of my producing skill. Tell me about it. If you're comfortable with us filming it, then we'll film it. All parties are on board. You're good. You're good. Okay, cool. You guys talk it out. Say whatever you need to say and then we'll move from there. Most of the most of the producers and most of the people that work in this industry 
um, are artists and are telling stories and love telling stories and love telling even better, love telling good stories that are relatable. It's not all bad. I promise. It's not all good, but it's not all bad. So writing for reality TV isn't exactly an oxymoron, but it's not as straightforward as putting words on a page. Yeah. Today, it's a combination of producers working with a self-aware cast to put them in a situation where there's a possibility for real interaction, which is then worked on by an editor who's trying to turn that into a concise narrative arc all under the watchful eye of a showrunner's vision for the show. Anything else we missed, Scott? Uh, let's see. Just that it turns out Jeff Probst is an awesome dude. <laughs> yeah, and uh, working in reality TV for so long, I guess you could say he's a real trooper. Current Geek Chronicles is produced by Hammond Chamberlain and Rich Struffolino. Executive produced and hosted by Scott Johnson and Tom Merritt. Voiceover this week provided by me, Scott Fletcher. Our theme music is by Eric Van Skyhawk. Get more of his songs on Apple Music and Spotify under the name Skyhawk. Part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.